0: Welcome to Law of Attraction Talk Radio. I'm Jules from beautiful and hot Southern California. So glad you could join me. I have been getting many emails to bring back on Dr. David Che. So guess what? He is with me tonight and it's going to be great fun. Dr. Che wrote the book Total Law of Attraction and he has been picked up by book distributors all over the world, including China. China. He is absolutely brilliant and he's so much fun and you are really going to enjoy it. Now, here it is in July 2021 and the CV is still in the air, but many of the restrictions have been lifted. Well, most of them anyway. So there are many, many videos that I have been watching and I just want to name a few. Everyone has their own opinion as to what's happening, but I hope that you will take the time to listen to Dr. Tinpenny, who happens to be one of my favorite doctors of all time. She's also so informative. She waves the red flag of warning, and she gets you prepared, and that's what I like. So i do hope that many of my listeners will listen to her common sense approaches so they and their friends and families will stay healthy that's what we all want but there is another very powerful video that i watched and it's on BitChute. and i was absolutely amazed by this incredible information so i want to pass it on to you it's called a Manufactured Illusion, Dr. David Martin with Rainer Fulmich. I didn't say that right, but it's dated July 9th, 2021. I'm going to repeat it. It's called A Manufactured Illusion, Dr. David Martin with Rainer Fulmich, July 9th, 2021. It's absolutely brilliant, and I I was just amazed, absolutely amazed uh, by the information that was on there. So I highly recommend it. No matter what your thoughts are about COVID, it's always good to get more and more information because the more we know, the more we can protect ourselves and our loved ones. And that's the name of the game, isn't it? We simply want you to hear all sides of the story because that lets our intuition blossom you're not just creating thoughts about it you're allowing your thoughts to build into emotions and those emotions are your intuition it's coming up if you can feel it you are at that place if you feel you can't focus Well, that's a good time to just stop and return to it at a later time. But more importantly, you must listen to your intuition. This is your lifesaver. This is so important. If you can do that, you will not go wrong. So how do you tune into that place in the center of your brain? Well, instrumental music is a great start. Do not struggle to get your mind clear just let go let your mind drift and when you notice your mind is wandering that's okay you're relaxing but bring it back and then focus in on the very center of your brain that's where you want to relax We want to relax enough to shake off all of those negative thoughts so that we can just allow ourselves to dream. And when you start to relax, your mind might go to a place where you never think you have enough money or you have a good enough body or that you do not accept yourself as you are. Perhaps you will be in self-doubt. And that you're never going to enjoy positivity. Especially if we are so used to those self-doubts. And this is where I want you to change your thinking as you become relaxed. I want you to stop thinking that you are not enough. Because you are. It's your mind playing games on you. The truth is, if you can't control your thoughts... You will always believe that you are unworthy of your terrific desires, such as love and happiness. Even divine forgiveness will never be enough if you don't believe that you're forgivable. Now, abundance starts within us, with our baskets full and overflowing. A healthy relationship exists in our overflow not in our neediness. It's in our abundance and our mutual giving where we love unconditionally, where we can love and not worry if we're loved back. Abundance starts when we accept divine forgiveness by forgiving ourselves. When we are forgivable, we can love ourselves, have affirming mental self-talk and give gentle care to our bodies and our existing environment if we want physical wrenches we must see ourselves as abundant if we want tranquility well we must be at peace in our minds if we want love <laughs> we must start being loving towards ourselves and if we want forgiveness We must be forgiving of others. We must stop rejecting ourselves and our desires and allow ourselves to dream. So you want to drive that Mercedes? Then why are you imagining driving in something other than what you want? Everything starts and stops with your mind. If you don't like your thoughts, you, in fact, Do not like yourself so in order to change your life you got to change your thoughts it's really that simple i know you already know this but even the greatest law of attraction teacher in the world will not always be happy because if they were always happy they would stop reaching and you got to allow yourself to keep dreaming so you can keep manifesting hey life is simple if you keep the focus on your desires and allow yourself to dream, come on, you can do it. You can do it. You can become that which you want to become. And your thoughts of becoming that which you want will bring about love, peace, and harmony with everyone around you. Because your vibration is shifting out to the world now you may think that you can't do it or it's unattainable but I just want to tell you something I will believe in you until you can believe in yourself I know that this is possible for you I know because I've been there I know because I've experienced it so all you have to do It's take that one simple thread of thought and start changing your life. Becoming positive and knowing that you can do it. It's up to you, not anybody else. No one in this world can make you happy except you. No one in this world can make you abundant except you. No one It's up to you. And I'm here to tell you that you can do it. I promise you that. So let's take this fast commercial and we'll be right back with Dr. David Che. You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network heard by millions worldwide through 38 internet radio stations and in over 135 countries. Come join us on Facebook for your daily dose of inspiration and action that reveals the secret within you. You can find us at Facebook.com forward slash Law of Attraction Radio Network. That's Facebook.com forward slash Law of Attraction Radio Network. Okay, we are back and you're listening to Law of Attraction Talk Radio with Jules. Now, Dr. David Che is a practicing dentist in Cocoa Beach, Florida, and he wrote the incredible Law of Attraction book called Total Law of Attraction. I have known David over the years and in 2014, he was a keynote speaker at my Jack Canfield and Friends event at the Queen Mary. The audience loved him so much and couldn't get enough of him. So that's where I'm going to leave it because David is going to share a huge manifestation story that will answer some of your questions about understanding how the law of attraction works. Well, welcome, David Che, back to Law of Attraction Talk Radio. I always love it when you come on, David.
1: Well, thanks for having me. It's great to it's great to be back. Um, I know every time we talk, there's always great things to talk about, and um, you know, we 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 talk about a lot of different things. So it's good to be back.
0: Well, David, you are certainly a man who walks his talk, in that you keep on manifesting huge things. How did you manifest selling your foreign rights to total law of attraction to China? please, please, please tell us. I'm so anxious to hear.
1: okay, well, first, let's start with the you know getting published. I mean I mean I'll get to, I can get to that later, I guess, but you know when you sign with a big name publisher these days, people you know when I, we, when we were at the uh, the seminar we gave in Long Beach at that time I th- yeah, I saw people trying to get published. And, I mean, I told everybody it's a very, very difficult process, and, I'm, yes. and I still feel lucky. Like, I went a lotto, pretty much, to even get a, you know, a publishing deal. Mm-hmm. And what people don't realize, too, is, though, that these publishers, the big six or now the big five, maybe, or big four, I don't know, some of them bought each other out. And that's – the publishing industry has changed a lot to the point where publishers um, have less people, less employees on their payroll to do work, and, and employees that are still left – are doing twice as much work as they used to be, so they're overworked and understaffed. That's just the way the publishing industry goes. So, you know, anybody that's thinking about trying to get published with a big name publisher, and it, they won't put much attention to your book you know, unless you're like um, really famous already,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, like a celebrity or something. But if the average person, when you know, if you're lucky enough to even get a book deal, don't expect the publisher to do much um, any, any kind of promoting for you. It's all it's all on your own. And so I was no different when I got in there. I was signed on. You know, it's hard to find out. I mean, my editors kept switching on me. I mean, you couldn't really get in touch with anybody at the company, and so um, I was absolutely shocked. You know, despite all of this um, disarray, I guess inside this, the publishing houses these days, that my editor emailed me one day and said, "I want to let you know that uh, your book was picked up, or I don't know what the what the word is, it was you know recognized by some publisher in China." Uh, and they want to, they, they, they're buying, in the process of buying the rights to your book. And within <laughs> about 18 months, they're going to have to translate it word for word from English to Chinese and it will be published in China. And I was like, wow. Now, to yeah. this day, I still don't know and I'm pretty sure, but which way was which? Did the publisher come calling or Simon Schuster sold the rights to, you know, the publisher in China? But based on everything that I know about publishing these days, it's highly unlikely that my publisher went and searched them. It's for some reason, that I don't know how, because I don't really advertise in China. That the publisher in China, which is a big name publisher, it's called uh, the China Renman University Press. It's oh, like wow. the big publisher in China, they came calling Simon and Schuster saying we want to buy the rights to this book. And again, how they knew, I'm to this to this day, I still have no idea. No one told well, me anything how it went. And for it, listeners, I apologize. We have a lot of construction going around the office here. So if you hear like a lot of noise, it's cause, you know, all the trucks are going by. So my apologies. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but it is the law of attraction and that's why you have that publisher in uh, China. And you're right, you and um, Howard Martin of HeartMath and I were at dinner and we did talk about books and publishing and I didn't even know that you were looking for other publishers knowing that you have one of the biggest in the U.S., Simon and Schuster, and the the they are the ones who actually uh, published *The Secret*. Yes,
1: right? um, uh, they're there. I mean, Simon and Schuster has a lot of different subdivisions. You know, the big the big one is Simon and Schuster, and they have little sub, little branches. And I believe Atria is the the one that published um, *The Secret*. And mine's is Gallery slash Pocket Books. Uh, it's a, it's the same company, I guess. Just a different imprint, I guess. Yeah, the different imprint of Simon and Schuster. But yes. Yes, it's all uh, the same company, ultimately. and um,
0: uh, Well, you yes. know, I noticed at dinner, we were talking about China, not about the book getting published. We were talking about your visit to China and Howard's visit to China, and I thought it was so fascinating. And then here, what, a year and a half later, here we are. Um, you have a publisher in china but that was never disclosed that you were even considering that
1: no no i i didn't think i had a a chance i just thought you know be english and i didn't think my book had a chance outside the united states to be honest with you and i was like okay (laughs) and then when they came calling they said um the publisher like they didn't even by the by the time simon schuster told me about the deal it was already happening i didn't even get a chance to say oh what the terms or whatever it was just boom wow it just happened yeah
0: Wow, a year and a half later we were sitting at that table talking about everything that had to do with China. And, and then we had books tossed in there. But again, we never brought up the subject of your book being published. And here it was, the three of us. So to me, that is, that was a message that was sent off to the universe.
1: Yes, yes. And, you know, like, like we say in the law of attraction, though, a lot of times when these things come back to you that you're trying to manifest, it's going to manifest to you most of the time in a way which you were totally unaware of.
0: And that's what happened. Yes, wow. yeah.
1: and for someone like me who who knows this, the the process, it even shocks me still <laughs> <laughs> how how it happens. So you
0: know. I just love this proof positive. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah. is terrific. So what, what when is it going to be published? And um, are they going to be doing any of the advertising there in China? Uh, I, um,
1: as far as the Chinese version, it's been out since the uh, end, end of last year already.
0: Oh, really?
1: Yeah, yeah. So anybody can go on Amazon China, or I think it was um, the the most, I guess the, the Amazon books of China is called Dandan, D-A-N-D-A-N.com or something. That's like their, China's version of Amazon, I guess. You know, and that's where everybody buys their books on, and you can go on there and order it, too. So it's already been published. And 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 my wife, who um, and is, and the thing is, I'm Chinese, but I, you know, I can't really read it. I can speak some of it, but I wasn't really, I was never born there. I'm just of Chinese descent. Uh My wife, who um, was reading the book, I mean, that translation is word for word identical to what I wrote. Wow.
0: How exciting. How exciting. Now, you said that it's different with the publishing world nowadays. Is that because the digital came in and it's totally like rewriting? the places that it goes, it's no longer necessary to go to bookstores. It's a lot of online marketing. Um,
1: I think it's it's definitely made a difference. Uh, the electronic, the ebooks, it's made a difference as far as, yeah, and, and, and the, for this, the exact cause of why it's changed so much, um, I couldn't give you the exact reason because I'm not in the inside that industry, but definitely, I know when I was signing out with Simon Schuster, for our listeners out there who, is, who are interested, um, it's been a big change it used to be the big six i think they, they some of them had bought each other out maybe it's a big five or a big four and um, they laid off a lot of people uh you know these publishing houses so they have less staff and just more work for the people that are yeah. there and so it's definitely um it's definitely changed now now for people who are saying well, why don't why don't i just sell publish instead of going with the publisher i would you know i was telling howard and you I, I, you know about this during dinner that time yeah. and that's the main advantage still, the the strong advantage of being signed on with a big-name publisher still is the distribution. Like, for example, if you're self-published or if I was self-published, to, for me to get this Chinese deal would be physically impossible because I don't have that connection to that Chinese publisher myself, and, and they wouldn't talk to me. They would only want to talk to another big-name publisher in the United States.
0: Sure, that so makes sense. So there's so
1: many advantages still, even though they don't do anything for your book, but there's still huge advantages of being signed on with a big-name publisher versus being self-published
0: wow okay so then let's jump in here with the law of attraction would you say that taking action is very important to the attraction process but in getting this book what do you think the action steps were for you and what you could suggest for others using the Law of Attraction. Because there's some some little things in there that we kind of sidestep, that we don't work with the action step. Can you kind of address that for us?
1: You, I, this is a perfect question because I never had a chance to talk about this in any of our previous interviews. And this is a perfect situation for me to, to kind of disclose kind of the – the big circle that I went through to get published, you know, when I was self-published, to
0: get—it's
1: uh-huh. a perfect example of why taking action is super important. And I'm going to quote Jack, you know, because we were—we read were Jack's, um, you know, Canfield and Friends.
0: Yeah, you were one of the keynote speakers, speakers. at and, Jack and actually, Canfield and Friends. Yeah, yeah. I
1: don't—I don't know if Jack said this, and I can't remember if Jack said this, but he said this in a previous interview that I heard from him on something else, and that Jack said that look at the last six letters of the word attraction—it's action. So without action there can be no attraction. And so in my own my own situation what happened was I, I had the book self published and then when I was ready to take the next step to get uh to try to find a big name publisher it's a big step in itself. You have to find agents. And agents okay. most of the time agents um you know the realistic um in the realistic world agents reject 99% of everything that ever comes across their desk. So you know I I found someone that got me in touch with agents. And, you know, rejections came in left and right, rejection, 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 people telling me, you know, this book ain't going to sell, it's too short. I mean, all, I heard all the, trust me, I heard all the negative stuff. It's, it's got no chance. Um, you know, I had a guy, I, I said, can you write a proposal? He goes, I, I can't write a proposal for you. This book is not publishing quality. It's not, it's not um, uh, just bookstore quality. I was like, oh man, you know, I got, <laughs> I got torn apart a few times here, you know, and for, for a while I thought I really was no good. And so I would, and then so um, the person that I that I hired to help me find agents, he specializes in this, he helped me find agents. We didn't get anywhere. I mean, there was one agent I think he was out of California that had a chance that he called me actually, which is rare. He was a big time agent in California, he called me and uh, ultimately he tried to take my book out, but he said, um, ultimately there's just too many law of attraction books on the market, which made it difficult. Again, even though my book was so good, there's still too many, and so he decided to pass on and we, we stopped the whole business there. So for the average person taking action, you would have said, "You know what? Maybe this law of attraction system is just there's no point." Well, for someone like me, here's what I did: I went online after this whole ordeal was over, after I thought everything was dead, and I would search, I, I would Google li- literary agents. Like I was taking action on my own. I was googling literary agents, and so I Google literary agents, and all these other agents came up that we didn't hit before, I didn't contact before, because there's so many of them out there. And so one by one, I was just taking action. One by one, I was almost randomly like throwing pebbles into a pond. I was just sending my my, my letters out to them, and then uh, most of them, again, rejected, and one guy, one of the agents came by and said, uh, what is it you're looking for, what is he looking to do, uh, you want to call me? So I said, okay, he gave me his number, which is rare, because most agents, you know, they don't even want to talk to you, and do give me time of day. Right. So he asked me to call him, and then he said, um, he said, uh, I don't really agent anymore, I was in the business, but I don't do this anymore, he goes, but I can give you advice on what to do, and I was like, okay, so he kind of gave me some advice, and blah, 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 well, and after I spoke on the phone with this guy, you know, nothing really happened or anything. I, um, I was back on my own again. I was self-publishing. I was selling my book still. And then what I did was I went to the bookstore. This is so crazy. It just shows you how convoluted all this action is that comes to the final ending. You know, I went to the bookstore and I bought Jeff Herman's book. Um, and Jeff Herman, by the way, is a big-time literary agent. I had I had a publicist submit my book at, at, a, at a at a at a publicity summit in New York. Uh, give Jeff Herman my book. Because um, I wanted to see Jeff Herman to see it. Jeff Herman's a big-time literary agent who wrote the book on literary agents. Um, he, the publicist said Jeff Herman took my book. He looked interested, but I never got a call or anything. So that was dead. But I went to the bookstore anyway, uh, Barnes Noble, or Books a Million. It was Books a Million. And I bought Jeff Herman's book on literary agents, like a directory. And so this directory was like the size of like, uh, like half a phone book or a phone book. You know, a typical phone book. And so I, went through, I would go through this book, and I would you know, find email, email addresses of each individual agent, and I would just send my letter to each out, just again throwing pebbles in the water. That's going through each one, each one, each one, each one. And Jules, like, I mean, like as I'm telling this story, I don't think you you've ever even heard this story before. As no, I'm
0: I haven't. This. I haven't. No.
1: And so I'm going through each one, and finally I came across this agent in Cal in Colorado, which is totally unreal because most big time agents are either in California or New York, right? You're right. So this agent in uh, Colorado says, uh, "Can you send me more of the book?" And she goes, "Yeah, oh, okay." So I sent it over to her, and she said, "It looks interesting." Um, can you um send me a proposal and so I'm like well why would she need a proposal if you know um the book's already been published but she says she wanted a proposal and from for those of you who, who don't know what a proposal is and i didn't either until i started doing this a proposal is after an agent is interested in your work if they want to take on your book there has to be a, pro- a proposal and proposals can cost anywhere from five to ten thousand dollars
0: wow if
1: you get the if you know the right person that can write it for you too so, and then all a proposal is, is it's a really detailed analysis of what your book is about and how it compares to other books on the subject and why this book should be published through wow. a big publisher.
0: Well, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yes.
1: So, so um, I went around. And I started looking, and I, and again, I I was taking action. Like said, all this action. So I found someone online that says they do book proposals. You know. So I got in contact with this person. She says, yeah, we can do it. And it was a long process too to go through that. I had to send her copies of my book. She had to look at other. Other other, um, competing books and stuff like that, *The Secret* itself too, and uh, we worked up this big proposal. um, You know, this this really detailed proposal of my book. So after a couple thousand dollars later, again after all this money spent, I had the proposal ready. I sent it to both that agent that requested it, and remember that agent that said that he he doesn't age anymore, but he was retired, not retired, but left the business, but still knows people in the business, you know. I, I contacted him and I said, "Listen, I got this proposal, um, you know. Ready? I remember we talked a long time ago." He's, "Yeah, I remember." I "I said, do you know anybody in the industry, even though even though you're not in the industry anymore, you were an agent one time? Do you know anybody in the industry that would maybe be interested in my book?" And he says, um, "I know someone at Simon and Schuster. Let me talk to him and see what he says." You know, I have this proposal ready. So I sent I sent it to two people, one to the agent in Colorado that asked me about the proposal. You know, and then the second one I sent to was the one I called and called initially. They had me call him. So within like a week, and I never heard back from the agent that asked me for the proposal. But within a week from this other guy that said he knew Simon Simon Schuster, he said Simon and Schuster's interested. And I was like, whoa. whoa! I was like, seriously? <laughs> and I was like, really? Because after, because before, I got nowhere. I got nowhere. I mean, I I I even hired at one time for all you listeners out there. I even worked with a publicist that used to be the publicist for atria books which is the publisher the, the the subdivision or the imprint that published uh the secret so she knows people inside there and you know i hired a publicist that tried to get my book through them and it was all rejected it was rejection after there must have been like a hundred and some at least rejections including that one rejection after rejection rejection but then now this former agent takes my proposal sends it over to his contact the simon schuster and they said within a week he comes back he goes yeah they they they, they want it and i was like Really, and I'm like, and normally the process goes for all you listeners out there. The process goes is you have to go through the agent. The agent takes your book to the acquisitions editor at a publishing house. That editor, that acquisitions editor, has to take it to this committee. It goes to the committee, and the committee approves it. it go, it's a go. That's the way it works. And it's just, you know, if any one of these steps along the way isn't followed, then you're not going to get this deal. That's just the way it goes. Mm-hmm. And so um, when when he came back with it, he said. um, he said, yeah, they want the book. And I said, well, who is this guy that you know at Simon Schuster? I mean, I had to go through the whole process. He goes, well, my guy is the VP. <laughs> and I was like, the VP wanted it? He's like, yeah. He's like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, well, I'm ready to go. And interesting to note that the agent that originally asked me for a proposal, what happened with that? She emails me back after I already got this deal. She emails me back and says, you know, uh, I think your book's okay, but I don't think I can sell this to a publisher. I'm like, well, well, I guess I don't, I don't really care about because it's already sold already. So, so just for people that don't, don't realize this, and I didn't realize it too. A lot of things are subjective. Mm-hmm. Just because one agent says your book has not have a chance, it doesn't mean that that's the case. It means that maybe they feel it doesn't have a chance based on the people they know. It's all about you know what they, what kind of connections they have, what they know, and uh, things like that. And then, um, what was even crazier about it was after we signed this deal uh, with the VP. Uh, my agent, who's I guess close friends with him, the the VP over at Simon Schuster, I guess it was Gallery of Books, he said. Um, uh, he said um, he wants you to call him, and I was like, really? He goes, yeah. He gave me his number. He gave, here's his number. He wants you to call him and talk to him. Gosh. And I'm like, so a year or two years ago, here I am with people basically agents slamming the door in my face, and then the other agents telling me I don't have a chance. And here, here, here I get in there, and the the VP of Simon Schuster wants me to call him. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. So I'm like, so I, you know, I call, and he gives me his number and I call them. And not, not knowing what to expect. And he goes, "Um, Dr. Shay, I just want to let you know that, um, you know, I read through your work. It's really good. And I really appreciate you being able to, you know, really help people out with the information that you have. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. This is a far cry from people telling me this book ain't publishing quality. It's not even bookstruck or nothing.
0: Yes, and then, and then, but and truthfully, that- remember, David, when you came on my show, that was before you were um,
1: oh yeah, published.
0: and the response you had from people just buying the book and sending you emails just from those interviews with me, you knew. That you had gold on your hands there because it people were identifying and saying that they got more out of your book than anything else.
1: Yes, yes. And, and actually I mentioned to you that one agent out in California, I think it was in L.A., um, who was interested, who actually I said called me and I said that's crazy enough in itself because – Agents usually don't call their, uh, call people, call authors unless they're really interested in their work. And he called me and told me that um, he felt my – he, he knows a law of attraction subject. He felt that uh, um, my book was really, really good. So even though he didn't end up actually getting me a book deal – just him calling me gave me that confidence to say, okay, despite what everybody else has said, this big time agent in California told me that my book is really, really good. He loved it. He couldn't put it down. Literally, his words words were, "I loved it. I couldn't put it down." Right. That that gave that alone gave me the confidence to move on. It really made a difference um, in motivating me.
0: Okay, so law of attraction step one, you believed in your product.
1: Yeah, yeah. Actually, that's the third. The first step is you have the thought of it, and then the emotion, the feeling of your product being good, and then the the third step is the belief. That it can it, it definitely is good the belief, the confidence that it is good.
0: It is that, good and, yeah. and then there's another thing is that you knew that this information could help a lot of people.
1: Yes, yes, especially ones that already had an ideal law of attraction. Maybe we're confused with other stuff they may have read. And we're looking for like something to bring clarity to all of it. And, you know, when everybody keeps telling you the same thing, you realize, hey, I got something here.
0: Right. Okay. And there was something else I noticed while you were talking about it in that you took the action steps, which to me, that is more powerful than hiring somebody else to take your action steps it's faster and it's like your direct your passion is so special as compared to someone else who may not match your vibration so when you have something that you believe in that you're passionate about you have a strong desire taking that action step yourself and doing all the things that you had allowed you to see the opportunities start flowing to you in which you could start grabbing them.
1: Yes, and it's one step that brings you to the next step. So for example, even though I had to still end up taking a lot of my own action to make this work, that, that when I, when I hired the person to help me find agents. You know, he he wrote me up the nice letter. The way to, the way to present a letter to an agent, which most people have no idea about, and I didn't have any right. idea certain ways to do it. But I I learned from what he showed me to what he gave me, and I was able to use that on my own. But I had, I had to go through him first to learn from him what to do, and then once so you know I went on my own, then I was able to use that not newly acquired knowledge that I got to push myself forward. So it's a whole step by step process, and I keep telling people when you take action, it's you take this action. And once you get to this part, it leads you to the next part and you keep taking it and it leads you to the next part. And it's one step after another to make things happen.
0: Yes. It leads you. The universe leads you. It's flowing opportunities to you. And that's why when you have that big belief and that feeling good and passionate, that's when you know that it's only going to go straight into the ethers.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: Exactly. I mean that's powerful. That's powerful, powerful. Wonderful. So here you are today with a published book by Simon Schuster. It's now being published or it was published for China, which is huge, 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 huge. And then um, you're you want to go even beyond that today. Yes. You are wanting to go into 40 countries that are not English speaking wouldn't it be nice to have this book that is so full of powerful information out to every corner of the world so that we can come together in this collective thought and all know how powerful we are I think this is so incredibly special
1: Yes. And, 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 and of course, now that um, I had the China deal and the book was published, I just tell you how I can't say um, understaffed these publishers are. I guess that's the, maybe that's the right word, understaffed. But I, I contacted my editor at Simon & Schuster. I said, listen, we have the book in English and Chinese already. I mean, these are two of the biggest languages in the world, but the other big language is Spanish, we all know, right? Yeah. So I asked them, and I said, can we get this book in Spanish? So you know what they come back with? after After all this, they said... Um, unfortunately, we weren't able to find anybody interested in the Spanish version of your book. <laughs> I was like, okay. So here's what I did. Now that I have both of these, I contact, again, on my own, but now I have more firepower now because I'm established now. Hmm. So I contacted different literary agencies, and, and also, also you because USM contacts some agents. you know. Yeah. I contacted them, and I said, listen, I'm a, I am a Simon Schuster author. My books are already published in China and the United States and Canada, all English-speaking countries are so far. And um, I'm looking to take my book f- you know through worldwide through foreign markets would you be interested and then um uh, a big agent a big agency out of New York who has who has a lot of foreign agency uh, foreign rights experience came back at me and said um uh, 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 let me see what your book is like first so i sent him the uh, you know a, a e- e-book version and the e- agent emailed me the same evening and said i really like what i read um let's go ahead with this
0: yeah! so
1: you know it again one one thing takes you to the next step that's how it's all that's what it's all about
0: Oh, uh, yes. And we are uh, talking to best-selling author, Dr. David Che with Total Law of Attraction. Oh, my goodness, David. This is just so wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. And it's really neat how you're able to show everyone how you did it because we're getting more concise information that we can identify with now. So it's it's not only valuable information for those who are wanting to publish a book, but it's also exactly how the law of attraction works.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: Um, so let's talk uh, um, about the action steps that do lead to the others. Um, But there's also a little trick in that you have to remove your Your focus away from it as well, isn't that true? You have to kind of just forget about it for a while. Talk to us about us. Yeah, this is
1: a this is a concept that's kind of hard to understand. It's not talked about in most you know law of attraction books, but it's so essential to the process. It's it's called and it's part of the detachment process, but it's it's called forgetting. And so, let me make this really simple to understand. Now, for example, when you're in we're in the gym, you're lifting weights. You know, there's a, there's a there's a contraction and a relaxation phase, right? You pull and then you let go when you when you're lifting weights, right? So with the law of attraction, it's the same way. You know, they, 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 everybody tells you, well, when you're trying to manifest something, you try to visualize it in your mind. Yes, you visualize it and you have to feel it. But there's periods of the I call it the two Fs. There's periods of feeling it and forgetting about it, mm-hmm. feeling it and forgetting about it, just like lifting weights, just like when you're exercising lifting weights. You visualize what you want, you feel what you want. And then you let it go, and then you forget about it. It's far too often, when you don't understand this this concept, this 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 concept of forgetting, you get too caught up in just the feeling of it, and it, 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 the emotions rise too much to where you get to the point where you say, "If I can't have this, I don't know what I'm going to do if I don't get this." Mm. And this is what this is what causes detachment, and deta- I'm sorry, not detachment, attachment. And so when, it, when you get attachment, that's when you actually reverse the attraction process and stop the universe from bringing it over to you. You have to create the situation where you're forgetting about it. You're letting it go so you can actually receive it. And it's, it's counterintuitive. It's like, so for me to get this, I have to actually let it go to actually get it. And that's the, how the universe works. If you want it too much, you're you're, 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 you're uh, approaching out of a state of fear. Like, oh, if I can't get this. The universe doesn't like fear. universe likes trust. That's how the universe works. If you're if you're trying to manifest something and you keep trying to think about it all the time and not forget about it, you get you get, you you grow attached to it. Universe doesn't want to bring it to you because you're you're creating a negative energy and then the universe feels like you don't trust it. Mm-hmm. You know, and for, like think about something when, when you tell someone that you're going to do something for them and they don't trust you, uh, you don't feel like you can give have confidence to do it sometimes. But if someone you, you that's someone you're doing the favor for has absolute trust in you, don't you feel like you can do a better job when they t- absolutely trust you versus when they don't
0: right. when they have
1: confidence in you? It happens a lot all the time. The universe looks the same way. The universe is like, well, if you don't trust me and you're getting attached you don't trust me, I just don't feel like I can bring this, bring what it is you want to you. But when you let go, you forget about it, and you're happy in the process, when you forget about it, the universe is like, okay, I know you trust me. So I'm going to work those steps to bring what you want it is uh, into your life.
0: And it's also like when you're focusing on it, and I want it, I want it, I want it, it turns into I don't have it, I don't have it, I don't have it. So it's kind of like you're on the borderline of lack right there of realizing that it's not with you. So it's like I want it, I want it, I want it. There's a fine line that you have to sort of just say, oh, wouldn't that be wonderful? Oh, yeah, this is great. And just feel good. And like you say... Forget it. Forget it. Because what you're saying then, just like we did at the dinner table at the Queen Mary, David, you, you did not say anything about going and getting published in China. But I'm sure as you sat there and we were talking about China, possibly a thought came into your mind and it was just like you felt so good about it and then just didn't even think about it again.
1: Yeah, it could have been. You know, send that thought out. Just you know, maybe maybe created something. And of course and because I didn't think I was really gonna do it, um, I let it go. I yeah. didn't really wasn't attached to the fact that it was supposed to happen.
0: Because we were talking about books and then we did get into China. And yes. you never mentioned it. But there was something that was born there without you even think that process alone. That is is about as clear as you can say to anyone about this process.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: It just, oh boy, this is very, very powerful. Uh, What is there anything else about um, the um, forgetting process that we didn't mention
1: Mm, maybe there could be, but I, for our listeners, I just want to keep it simple for now. Just, okay. You know, it's that you know that um, um, that oven. I forget was it the George Foreman oven or some other oven. Uh, an infomercial on TV where you just you know the the, the, the rotisserie cooker. Yeah. They said, Set it and forget it. <laughs> well, I have to tell them, my, the law of attraction listeners here is when you try to manifest something, feel it and forget it. That's the key. That's the key all along. That's the secret all along
0: feel it and forget it you know really I I've got to agree the times that I've had huge manifestations I didn't focus on it i simply let it go yes but I sure liked it yes okay well that's good okay that's about as simple as you can get it so um, David you are a dentist in Cocoa Beach Florida Right. So you must know some dramatic health secrets that we don't know about. Yes, even
1: though my specialty is teeth, um, I don't know we ever talked about this before. But my uncle uh, was was, um, a big time uh, practitioner of traditional Chinese medicine. Uh, And uh, for those of you who don't understand how this works, is Chinese medicine is I guess you could say a secret medical art. Because it was only passed from father to son, uh, going back thousands of years. Wow. a lot of the secrets of acupuncture, a lot of the secrets of herbal medicine, a lot of things like that, uh, only passed down from master to apprentice or from father to son. And unless you were initiated in something, you would not learn this information. And um, and yes, granted, today we have people that um, – I mean, before I get into that, back in in China, there was a lot of upheaval, a lot of wars, a lot of uh, uh, revolutions and stuff. Uh, back from 1966 to 76, China went through a really dark period of time. And it was called the Cultural Revolution. And during that time, a lot of culture, a lot of people that had intelligence, that were smart, that were educated, they were all eliminated. And, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, and the whole story of why it became so is a whole other subject. But the Cultural Revolution destroyed a lot of what China had, a lot of the secrets, the deep secrets that China had over thousands of years. Um, a lot of the uh, people that were um, really educated and knowledgeable, they fled to either Hong Kong which at that time was controlled by the British, or they fled to Taiwan. And so during that time, my family, my grandparents, they fled to Taiwan. And my uncle was born in Taiwan. And one of the masters of Chinese medicine, or, or a lot of them, they were in Taiwan too. And my uncle, when he was in Taiwan growing up, that's what he studied. And he, he uh, sought out those masters. He learned from a lot of those masters. And he came to Florida. He opened a practice. And I was really close with him. And then when I got my dental license... Um, I, you know, apprenticed with him for a little bit. Even though I didn't learn much of what he did, I mean, even though I was a dentist, I kind of picked up a lot of the practical stuff. That's not the detailed stuff, but the practical stuff that uh, most people don't don't realize. Right. Even though I'm a dentist, I do have that knowledge because it was been in my family for a long time. So uh, I don't need to. I mean, I'm not going sh- to. don't need to share like the really complicated and sophisticated stuff because uh, you know me. I'm all about simplicity. Yeah. I'm all about simplicity. <laughs> so there's certain things that I, I just can share here with our listeners. Get the rare opportunity to share with our listeners about some big time Chinese medicine health secrets that you know Western medicine really isn't uh, aware about. For example, um, when you go see a doctor, they did do all these blood tests, and you come back with your white blood cell count red blood cell count, this level, that level. To me, that stuff is all really, really good. That's necessary. You you see what your blood level is like. It t- shows you your state of health. But to me, that's still half the picture. The other half of the picture are things that are signs in your body, your symptoms in your body that tell you whether you're healthy or not also. So what, so sometimes you can have a health, a great blood test, but these other signs, I'm up, which I'm about to re- reveal right now, these don't come up normal. Okay, so the first one is, does your are, are your hands and feet... Warm all the time, and, and like I said, some of these things are going to sound so simple, but the sophistication behind the knowledge behind this is deep. So, are your hands and feet warm? And a lot of women, not so much men, but a lot of women I talk to, they is My hands are cold all the time, my feet are cold all the time, mm-hmm. and um, uh, I don't know why. And even though my blood tests come up normal, well, let me tell everybody the secret right here, right now, inside our human body, we have two sources of heat there's the heart. And the heart pumps heat down to the small intestine so the two nuclear reactors in the body is the heart and the small intestine the heart controls the hands the small intestine controls the feet so if your hands and feet are hot which is what they're supposed to be all the time your 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 heart and small intestine are are in a great temperature situation now if your your hands and feet are cold it means that there's not enough heat from your heart going to your small intestine and vice versa and so the question is well how do i build heat and why is this important especially in women it's it's important because, um, uh, and women men, women have the menstrual cycle mm-hmm. every month, and so this this um, nutrients start from the chest area, and again without getting too into the details of it, this nutrients move down to your small intestine area in the uterus, and the, this negative excess of blood has to come out once a month, and if your heart isn't strong enough, it's not it's not hot enough, there's not enough heat, this menstrual cycle will. Um, cannot come out, and if it, if, it, if it reverses back into the heart, you get lupus, that's where lupus comes from. Wow. If, you, if, the, if, the, if the menstrual cycle reverses back into the lungs, you get lung cancer, if it goes back into the breast, you get breast cancer, a lot of breast cancer comes from this, and so how is it, why is it happening? I see too much women in America they go for the salad diet the raw food diet oh I can't have red meat I can't have any fat I have to eat a low fat diet and it has to be all vegetables well vegetables in Chinese medicine are a yin substance which is cold there's the yin and the yang yin is cold yang is hot and so anything vegetable is yin anything yang is hot and so women women too much aren't eating meat they're eating all these vegetables and it's getting their bodies too yin too cold and when there's not enough cold when there's not enough heat that's when a lot of problems arise in women. A lot of women problems come from that. But, of course, they go see the doctor and instead of talking about heat, they talk about, oh, well, this is blockage, this is block. give you a bunch of drugs or surgery or whatever. And all that stuff might be necessary in certain situations. But a lot of it can be prevented by eating the right things. And that's – I know it sounds kind counterintuitive, but you need to add red meat to your diet. For most women, you have to add red meat. They're like, well, I eat, eat, I eat meat. And I'm like, what kind of meat are you eating? And they say, oh, I eat fish, I eat chicken. Oh, that's all white meat. White meat doesn't produce heat. Red meat produces heat, has the iron and all the nutrients that you need to produce heat in your body. Because co- conventional medicine, our Western medicine, our modern medicine, doesn't talk about hot and cold. It only talks about uh, what growths we have, what this we have, what, but it doesn't talk about hot and cold. But hot and cold, just like you drink hot coffee or cold coffee, hot and cold makes a big difference. And in our bodies, Hot and cold also makes a big difference and we can tell that by the temperature of our hands and our feet. If your hands and feet are cold all the time, it means that the temperature, your heart temperature, your your, your small intestine temperature is not at the right temperature. And mm-hmm. Again, I'm just scratching the surface and not getting too detailed into it but that's one of the first things. Your your face should feel cool, not hot. If your face feels hot all the time, that's not normal either. Your face should feel cool, your hands and feet should be warm all the time and a lot of it has to – has a simple act of just adding more meat to the diet. And also, maybe possibly, we're all low on iodine too. And again, this is the subject of a whole another conversation.
0: Iodine, but yeah.
1: Yes, we can be low on iodine. Let's turn on nutrients. But all, but but the most important thing is, if you if you're a woman, listen to this uh, this message right now. If your hands and feet are cold all the time, I can guarantee you that's not good, and that needs to be solved as soon as possible if you want to be healthy.
0: Okay. Well, so let me just do verify for you. I have cold feet, and yes. I do not eat red meat i don't eat any kind of meat because i can't i i just i i i I feel the animal so i can't i can't emotionally eat it so is there anything else that i can eat
1: well if there is anything else you eat eggs yeah okay you gotta eat a lot of eggs then
0: eggs (laughs) and don't be afraid of
1: yeah don't be afraid of seafood don't be afraid of of eggs don't be afraid of butter
0: oh yeah i i i just put a lot on
1: <laughs> yeah don't be afraid of the don't don't be afraid and again this is another, this is a whole subject of another conversation too and that's um for some it happened during eisenhower's presidency where they this this false thing came right. out that, oh, oh yeah all this high high fat leads to high cholesterol and that leads to um you know this heart disease actually heart disease got worse after we all america in the 50s went to the low fat margarine not butter low fat margarine diet that's when heart disease still started getting really bad but before that, American was, Americans are eating bacon. They're eating eggs. They're eating lard. They're eating natural fats like butter. The quote quote high-fat diet is actually what's prevent heart disease, not so much the low-fat diet. So again, that's the topic of a whole nother conversation. But, I
0: love it though. You know, if you're not going to eat the red
1: meat, which I recommend, you can go. Make sure you go after. Well, can you eat bacon, or you can't? Yeah.
0: No, I can't.
1: Okay. All right. So eggs, butter, lard. You know the oils. Oil is oil stuff. Oil produces heat too.
0: Yeah, olive oil, things like that. But yes. I do want to talk about the iodine because, you know, we were told not to eat salt. And that was one way that we did get the iodine.
1: Yes. Okay. Iodine, again, is a whole other subject. But uh, long story short, uh, most Americans and us were all deficient in iodine. And iodine is a huge, huge thing. And why is that? Because in addition to our heart, we have a thyroid gland and our thyroid gland think of it think of it as a car okay if the engine of your car is the heart then the accelerator pedal on the car is your thyroid the thyroid controls your body's entire metabolism so if you're cold a lot of times it be caused by uh, an underactive thyroid but for the thyroid gland to work properly it has to have iodine to work properly if it doesn't have iodine it can't create the hormones you need to to create the proper metabolism and iodine's a really hard nutrient to get because iodine is not present in soil it's only present from the sea and most Americans, we don't eat enough seafood as it is. We don't we don't eat seaweed and things like that. It's very difficult. So the way I supplement with iodine myself is I go on eBay and there's just, there's something called um, online. There's something called Lugol's iodine solution. And what you do is you buy a little bottle of it. it's like 10, 15 bucks a bottle. It lasts you a long time, uh, bottle. And you just take uh, the bottle and uh, put like two or three drops in your drink and drink it once a day. Not with water because it's got a funny taste. But you put it in the juice or iced tea and you drink it. And uh, it lets iodine go into your body, and then you can produce the proper iod- um, thyroid hormones that gets your body back in shape, too. And I can almost guarantee you, 90% of the Americans are low in iodine. And low in iodine can cause um, uh, mental problems, it can cause bodies to get cold, it can cause sluggish metabolism, it can cause weight gain, it can cause all sorts of things. So people to get tired easily when you get always get tired, you always want to sleep all the time. A lot of that's from just a lack of iodine. Your body's mm-hmm. not able to produce the right thyroid hormones.
0: I agree. Yeah, I take I take uh, iodine drops every morning, um, about three drops in um, warm water, not room temperature water, I should say. Okay. And I have been doing that for so long and it's necessary. Another thing I just found out is um, magnesium, that people are really deficient in magnesium, which helps you to sleep at night. So I have a lot of clients that come to me who can't sleep, so they're wanting hypnosis and I'm glad to help them out. But really it's the magnesium and you can buy the liquid form and spray it on your arm and it will yes. go directly into your body and it works very fast.
1: Well yes, yes, yes. That's something it, else too.
0: It's amazing and and that's part of the traditional Chinese medicine as well because they're feeding you back a lot of the uh, nutrients that you're not getting. Another one that I've just started using, and I got it by reading a um, uh, Chinese medicine, is um, licorice root. Oh
1: yes, yes, that's part of it too. Yeah.
0: Which is for detoxing the liver. And that is really responsible for all these mental, emotional outbreaks. And, and you know, once I started drinking, well, drops of that, I noticed I was starting to get rash on my body for a couple yeah. of days. And then I started looking that up and it had to do with that was all the metals from the amalgam in the fillings. It started uh, yes. to come out.
1: Yes, I don't um, I don't use amalgam in my office. i never Thank
0: used... you, thank yeah. you, thank you, David.
1: I'm an American trained dentist, so I can't really sit here and tell everybody how bad silver fillings are. But uh, being a, being in the middle ground is me saying, Listen, I I can't well I can't speak negatively about amalgam. I don't personally use it and I would always do white fillings, you know, at the same time because um, this is it's just a preferential thing that I like to use. Uh, versus the silver, because right now uh, uh, our white fillings are e- equal or better than what silver can, you know, what silver fillings are able to do, you know. And and, and again, maybe there are uh, definitely studies out there uh, about you know what silver amalgams and mercury, maybe this stuff in there, and maybe some of those are true. I just never really, I guess, wanted to research that and speak negatively negatively about it, because I mean, over I think, in, in all fairness, uh, silver fillings had their place. I mean, it's been in billions of people's teeth you know, for a long time. But now where dentistry's materials are are advanced enough to where we no longer really need to rely on silver anymore now. All, all the white fillings now are really, really good, you know. And so um, uh, if there were dangerous substances or uh, unhealthy substances inside um, these silver amalgam fillings, then, you know, I think it's time it comes to a close.
0: Yeah, well, the, the mercury, as long as it doesn't get active... <laughs> Yes. Then you're you're safe. But again, you, you don't know. So why take the chance? And I'm glad yes. to hear that you only do the white feelings. That's yes. fantastic. Um, so w- what else with the um, uh, health secrets that you know of? I just love 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 Chinese medicine and they had um on one of the issues I had the clock the organ clock that showed you did you see that David
1: yeah yes we talk about that a lot the organ clock yes
0: that if you wake up between say one and two at night it's because your liver is actively trying to detox and that's why it's waking you up
1: exactly so you you have a good little it seems like you got a little foundation in it it's really good yes exactly really really good you know it's really good people um, have knowledge of some of the basics of this you know keep yourself healthy it's really really important um uh, as far as something else you mentioned um, besides iodine besides ha- cold hands and feet there's another huge vitamin that is underlooked i'm talking huge 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 and that's vitamin d Oh. People don't get in the vitamin D diet because we normally make vitamin D when we're out in the sun. The sun mm-hmm. hits our skin, and we produce vitamin D that way. Now, vitamin D is involved in a lot of things besides just strong bones. Um, it's a hormone. It's involved in our, uh, a lot of our hormone production processes. Um, so many of our bodily functions relies on vitamin D. Now, because, again, because because most of us are indoors or in air conditioning or heat all the time, we don't go out in the sun anymore. We're always told the sun is producing skin cancer. So most of us don't go out in the sun anymore. So everybody's staying in. So our vitamin D levels are all very, very low. Right. And so we're having a lot of health problems that way. And so uh, in a practical purpose, what's the best way to take vitamin D? Is uh, I t- I'll tell people to take, take 110,000 IU. Now, vitamin D is not like other vitamins. It doesn't come in milligrams. It only comes in IUs. Take 110,000 IU vitamin D per day for good health, and here's another trick too, doctors will tell you, well medical school, we were taught that vitamin D uh, in large amounts can be toxic, well what we've noticed now is not so much that vitamin D itself is toxic, is that when you use, when you take a lot of vitamin D and it's doing good for your body, it uses up a lot of vitamin K2 in your body, not K1 for blood clotting, but K2, which is another separate substance, when you use up too much K2 in your body, um, things can go wrong if you don't have enough K2 in your body. And so that's why you get that fake vitamin D toxicity. It's not real. It's a fake toxicity. So to take one 10,000 IU vitamin D, you have to take one vitamin K2, which you can buy online. It's on eBay. If you go on eBay, it's called Super K. Uh, it's, it's It's a vitamin K brand. You take one D and one K2 a day or one of the Ks a day, which has K2 in it. It's got K1, K2, a balance of all the Ks, and you should be good to go. That, that'll that supplant your vitamin D and K and K K itself is a very, very important nutrient too, so you can't get too much of that either. But once you take that, a lot of your health problems uh are mitigated too, especially getting the flu season when you when you up your vitamin D. And I know C is the popular one, but D is huge. If you up your if you up your vitamin D the proper levels, it'll be really difficult for you to get uh the cold or the flu and if you get it it'll last very, very short. So wow. I want to all our listeners to get stuck up on that too.
0: Good information. I love this. I love uh, talking about health. So, David, let's end off then and talk about what our emotional stance should be on the law of attraction about our health. Can, can you talk about how we should be viewing and then forgetting, taking action step and then taking a, a forgetting? what what do you recommend
1: well the law of attraction on health is always it can be a complicated and also kind of controversial subject too um, so keeping things simple the mind controls the body that's that's a fact the mind controls the body if you're if you're in a good disposition health happy disposition all the time you're always gonna your chances are your body is gonna be healthy and you know sickness doesn't come to you as much as someone who always has a negative disposition so just feeling good is not just good for um, attracting what you want, but feeling good is also good to keeping you healthy. So that's a really, really important step. Now, obviously, you can't say, well, if I'm happy all the time, I'm never going to get sick. People are going to get sick due to certain factors, you know, environmental factors, what they're eating, what they're taking in, certain habits that they got going on. And so, um, but again, the number one thing is to always be in a happy disposition so you don't attract a lot or or, or cause a lot of negative illnesses in your body to happen. Um, and when they do happen, even if you get uh, you get sick with a certain illness, it, it, it it's, it's no reason to have to always uh, live in fear. Oh, doctor's giving me six months to live or I only got this much time or whatever. Don't ever put yourself in a fear situation because when you put yourself in a fear situation, mm-hmm. it also causes your disease to get worse. Mm-hmm. And so when you get a disease, it's also still good to always be in a happy disposition. And just like in the real world, it's not like, it's not like, you know, when I teach people the law of attraction, it's not, oh, let's just be happy and never think negative. No, you always need to be aware of the negative at the same time you're happy. Because if you're just too happy, you're just always happy, go lucky, and something negative happens to you, you're gonna like you won't be able to get over it because you weren't never aware of the negative. No, you need to be mindful of negative situations at the same time you're feeling good. And when you're when you're when you're trying to apply this to health, yes, you you might be happy, but you still got sick. And when you get sick with a disease or an illness, you're you're mindful of your disease, but you don't dwell on that negativity of that disease. You're mindful of what you have, but you're happy and feel good for what you already have. And so you don't, uh, you know, all the good things in your life. So you don't dwell on the negative. You, you're mindful of it, but you're you're always focusing on the positive at the same time. And so, you know, I know certain movies and maybe even The Secret maybe, and I guess this is the controversial part where, you know, let's say you had some kind of cancer and if you're happy, the cancer goes away. And some people, maybe that can happen. I'm not I'm not doubting anything, but we can't always just say, oh, well, if I just, uh, I don't need to see the doctor, if I'm just happy, this disease will just resolve on its own. There, there, there has to be a practical balance Side to these things. You know, you you stay happy, you be happy, you get the proper medical treatment, the proper diagnosis, the proper medical treatment, eat the right foods, live the right lifestyle, and at the same time, always feel good and happy. And if you're always feeling good and happy, it's always going to take you to to good places versus uh, feeling negative all the time.
0: That's right. Um, And Dr. um, Bruce Lipton. It always says that the mind is actually commanding the cells and you have the power within you to command those cells in love and appreciation to bring you good health. You just visualize the uh, the cells working for you, not against you. And that's a real positive state to be in. And it's true. From what I see in my practice with hypnotherapy and pain management, it is the thoughts, if you're stuck into a depressed state, you're more likely to feel pain in the body than if you feel great and and loving and life and walking down the street, skipping, you're going to feel totally different. So it is the mindset and and, uh, David, you're absolutely correct.
1: Yes, yes, that's exactly how it works.
0: And I love the fact that we're kind of getting away from Western medicine so much and getting into the Chinese. I mean, some real ancient secrets that has been working for thousands and thousands of years. And yes. and we think that we've matured so much that we don't need it. No, let's go back. yes yes we go back to nature we go back to the things that really do work and they're less invasive and just wonderful yes it's all good I, I'm loving this age that we're in right now this uh, um, that we can we're evolving but we're actually going backwards in our evolving by going back to nature yes It's really unique. Well, Dr. David Che, congratulations on your book, Being in China. And I know that we are going to see it all over the world. Um, I'm just so proud of you, David. (laughs) I mean, I had no idea. I knew the book was good, I knew the listeners loved it, but to see you actually showing us how the law of attraction works, oh my goodness. Ah, This is just fabulous. Thank you so much, David.
1: Well, thanks so much, Jules, and and trust me, even even myself, I never thought it would um, go as far as it did.
0: (laughs) And it's going to go beyond.
1: Thank, thanks so much. I really appreciate you giving me us the second chance to uh, come back on your show again.
0: Third or fourth chance? Uh, third,
1: third or fourth chance. Yeah, what am I saying?
0: <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Thank okay. you so much for joining us. We'll be back next week with another great show from Law of Attraction Talk Radio. If you'd like to comment on tonight's show, send an email to Jules at LOARadioNetwork.com. And have a great week.